0: Hey family, I can guarantee there will be background noise because Lucy is awake, but I feel the urgency to record this. I have probably over the last three or four months, ma- actually since the beginning of this year, I have been going down the rabbit hole of testimony videos that I found on YouTube. There are hundreds thousands of testimonies. And as I watch them, my spirit gets renewed. The joy of my salvation gets renewed and restored. I just feel this overwhelming sense of gratitude that I share something in common with these people. We all have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. And all of us Though our experiences and our upbringings are different, like the same God rescued us and we have the same fire and the same power. Um, it's just it's, it's amazing. And I encourage you, if you go through a lull or just like I mean, we all go through it in this walk. Right. It, life happens to us. We're in this world. Try not to be of it. But there are so many stressors and spiritual attacks and stuff of relationships and family and work, it just, it can get overwhelming. And it's really easy to take the people who love you the most for granted, right? We see this in relationships, but we don't do it to anyone more than we do it to God. We're all guilty of it. It's a part of the human condition, in my opinion. Um, following God is, is not easy. And Their spiritual disciplines are called spiritual disciplines for a reason. Like you have to be disciplined in order to really like have power, in my opinion. Like there are gifts that God gives us, but there are also skills and disciplines that we have to hone and that we have to put into practice until they become habitual, until they become our voluntary responses, involuntary responses, so to speak. Anyway, when I watch these testimonies, I can't get enough of them. I will literally sit for hours because one, like, leads into an, into the other. My, my, my. Sissy, do you want to say hello to everyone who's listening to our podcast? Can you say hi? Hi. Oh, so sweet. And so I have been especially drawn to testimonies of people coming out of the occult, hi, coming out of like all kinds of new age practices, hi, and it's just crazy how they're ripping the covers off of what new age really is, and it's demonic, um, practices like Reiki and Tarot, um, and, um, Visiting psychics and horoscopes and yoga and burning sage like all these That's right. Um no yoga not yogurt You thought mommy was saying yogurt? <laughs> I was saying yoga. Um all these things that we have just like kind of normalized Um, Even you're starting to see things be pervasive in church. It's just like, it's crazy. It's a sign of the times. But there's a reason why God is delivering these people in the way that he is. And, you know, there's a lot of wild stuff on YouTube. But I'm really grateful for that platform. Because the suggested videos, (laughs) like the suggested videos alone, lead you to so much light when you start watching these videos. And... Inevitably, what I found (laughs) is within like the last six or seven months, like toward the end of last year and into this year, hi, there have been a crazy amount of videos of people um, recounting their experiences of being taken to hell and like the main message has been repent like hell is real they have these firsthand accounts of what they call like hyper reality now i've seen videos before of people having these experiences um experiencing both heaven and hell and experiencing the spiritual realm being taken like in dreams um or in visions and experiencing these things which is crazy it's it's it puts the fear of god in you but it also like gives you a renewed sense of perspective. Um if you've read purpose-driven life, you know that this this life that we have is we only have one. Um but it's a trust. Like god has entrusted our life to us for a reason. And it's a test. Like this life is a test and you <laughs> Sometimes you're in a test, you don't even realize it, but all of this is a test and there have been a, it's like a surgence of people who have been having these encounters and being led to record their experiences. I know that I've personally watched about 20, but I've scrolled through maybe like 50 or 60 and they're all recent. Um, I've said this before. We are in the end times. Um, That's evident. Revelation tells us what the signs are. Every day we're seeing the signs. And so what can happen is like the thing about deception is, and you've probably heard this before, but deception is so powerful because you don't know you're being deceived. You don't know you're being deceived. Um, The enemy makes sin um, look desirable He makes it look like it's of no consequence. He makes it look like something that you need, something that's going to help you. The Bible talks about how um, angels of darkness are cloaked in light. So um, demons can can come to us and be attractive. Um, They can lure us with attractive speech. Spirits um, that keep us entangled and in bondage are typically familiar spirits so they know things about you you'll hear voices or people will come up to you oh i sense your aura like you know that's where all that psychic those mediums and stuff come from the things that they're saying are true but they're not coming from the holy spirit they're coming from the enemy to ensnare you so just because some somebody knows something about you doesn't necessarily they mean they know you like your soul, they don't know you, first of all, how God knows you. But secondly, it doesn't mean that they're operating out of the spirit of the one true and living God. OK, they might be operating out of a out of out of a demonic spirit. I learned this from my dad, but it is biblical. The way you can tell who a false prophet is, is if they do not declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and that he died on the cross. To save us from our sins. Anyone who is claiming to be, you know, righteous or wants to tell you about themselves, but does not submit to Jesus Christ. That's a telltale sign that they don't know what they're talking about. The Bible also tells us to test the spirit by the spirit. That means ask Holy Spirit. "Um, Is this right? (laughs) And more often than not, when people when something ain't right, you'll feel it in your spirit. You'll know. But the closer you get to the Lord, the more time you spend in communion with him, the more you read your word, the more you're around fellow believers, the more you pour into your spirit, man, the more sensitive you're going to be to spirits. So you'll quickly be able to identify, oh, that's the spirit of the living God. Oh, no, that's a familiar spirit. That's from hell. That's demonic. That's satanically implanted. And so the reason that many of us are falling by the wayside is because we don't have spiritual awareness. Everybody thinks they have all this time in the world, all this time to keep like to live in iniquity and keep taking the grace of God for granted. Now, I'm a sin because I know God's going to forgive me like it's cool. We good. I'm gonna just repent later. Like it, you don't have as much time as you think you do. And if God has entrusted this life to you, there are people in close proximity to you. There are people who you're going to interact with. There are people who are going to be browsing your social media page. There are people who are watching you at work. There are people who are watching you parent. Come on, there are people that live next to you, your neighbors. There are people who are watching you, who are connected to you, and your witness may very well impact where they spend eternity. I was talking to one of my friends and it shattered my heart. Like it shattered my heart to hear my friends say that they've resigned themselves to going to hell. Like the lifestyle that they live and who they love and what they choose to subscribe to is more important than ultimately spending eternity with God. It broke me. The truth of the matter is there are many people, many people who know that the way they're living and the things that they choose to do and the value system that they have and the identities that they've taken on are, are in direct opposition of God. But they've resigned themselves to the fact that feeling good is better than doing good and being holy and pleasing God and like really honoring the sacrifice that Jesus made. All of us are in debt to Jesus, period. Our lives should be, no, we, none of us can pay God back. None of us can repay Jesus for his sacrifice. The best effort we can make is to try Trying is going to look different for all of us. But what I do know is God will always crown your efforts with success. Trying is half the battle. Seeking is half the battle. The Bible says God is seeking those who are seeking him. He says, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart, not half of your heart, not half of your affection, not half of your attention, all of your heart, not half of your acknowledgement acknowledge him in all of your ways, then he'll direct your path. Some of us are confused or circling the same mountains or dealing with the same traumas or finding ourselves stuck spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, because we're not submitted, because we've only chosen to compartmentalize God and serve him in certain areas. But you can't have two masters. You're gonna serve one and hate the other. You might be telling yourself you love God, but your fruit is gonna show. What does your fruit say about who you love? What does your fruit say about who you serve? What are your habits and your thought patterns and the things that you watch and the things that you say and the music you listen to and the things that you produce creatively, the company you keep, the words that you say about others, the words that you say about yourself? What does, that's, that's all fruit. What does that fruit say about who you serve? What does that fruit say about the culture of your eternity? There's a culture in hell. The culture in hell is anxiety, regret, despair, gnashing of teeth, darkness, torment, indescribable sadness. There's no hope and no light in hell. That's the culture of hell. So is your life riddled with anxiety, with depression, with sadness, with suicidal ideation, with demonic oppression, with lustfulness, with iniquity? Or is your life filled with the culture of heaven? Peace, love, piercing light, overwhelming light, joy, Fulfillment. Satisfaction. Holiness. Purity. Worship. The beasts and the angels that sit around the throne of God. Just say holy all day long. They don't get bored. They don't get tired. Because... (sighs) His holiness is endless. They find pleasure and joy and fulfillment in worshiping God because that's what they were created for. Yes, baby. Oh, yes, that's right. Amen. So I'm saying all of that to say this. Repent. You know, Jesus' first sermon is in Isaiah. His first sermon is him just repeating words of, of of a prophet about his coming. The first word is repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is being prepared for 30 years, studying people. Learning people, preparing his heart and his mind for what he's about to endure. Because although he was fully God, he was also fully man. Sometimes it takes me a f- sometimes it takes me an hour or so to get my mind ready to be around certain people. Because they drain the life out of me. <laughs> right? So Jesus spends 30 years before he even begins Formally begins ministry before he finds his 12, before he starts preaching and laying hands and and healing the sick and prophesying before he does any of that. He spends 30 years here. And the first word he says is Repent. You appreciate God for anything that he's done for you. If you've experienced some of y'all, you know, God was bringing to my remembrance. First of all, he said to me, (laughs) so many of us have questions about what's sin and what's not sin. Right. I'm watching these videos and I'm watching all of these different deliverance videos. Deliverance from lesbianism. Deliverance from weed addiction. Deliverance from porn. Deliverance from New Age. And you know what Holy Spirit said to me? If it wasn't real, there'd be no need for deliverance. If it wasn't sin, if it wasn't a stronghold, if it wasn't a portal to hell and a portal for demonic spirits and a right for them to attack you and torment you and rule your life, there there would be no reason for deliverance. God started bringing to my remembrance, guys. These times that I've been high, right? Smoked weed got higher than a kite and felt like I was losing my mind. And I heard Holy Spirit say to me, "What if you lived your whole life like this? Because I was tri- y'all, I was tripping. and I want everybody to know, tripping is demonic attack. These are spirits tormenting you. You don't have a sound. You don't you're not operating in the sound mind that God gifted you with. You're being tormented. You're being shown a glimpse of hell. You don't have control over your mind. You don't have control over your body. You are smoking downers to keep you not just physically sleep, not just physically slumped, but spiritually sleep and spiritually slumped. He spoke to me and he was like, you want to live your whole life like this? I can make it so you never have your right mind again. Since you want to play with your right mind, since you want to play with having a sober mind, since you want to play with having a mind that's led by the spirit and not by the flesh, let me give you a glimpse of what I could do. Snap my fingers. You won't have your mind. You be roaming these streets looking crazy, all that potential, all that anointing. All that power, all that dominion. For what? For what? To feel good? <laughs> At what cost? You want to feel good? Fine. We all do. But what is it gonna cost you? What does it have on this, what does it have on being in the presence of God? This other time I remember I was laying up in bed. With this girl, doing the most, having a sexual relationship with this girl, and experience sleep paralysis, which is a spirit. Um, It's not just, (laughs) it's spiritual. It's a dark force. You feel it. You know it's trying to kill you because you can't breathe and you can't move. That's a demonic presence. That's that's not normal. It's not a trick of the mind. It's it's a form of demonic oppression, guys. And if you're going through it, I would research deliverance from sleep paralysis. Okay, Um, but anyway, I start feeling this demonic spirit just like laying on me, and I am terrified. Now, I don't serve God at this point. I'm estranged from God, so to speak. I've separated myself from God and I've chosen this lifestyle of iniquity because it feels good to me. It feels natural to me. This is where I am. I turn to the girl after it leaves me because I I believe I called on the name of Jesus, but I still see the spirit in the corner. Dark, tall, dark figure. I say to the girl, Dog, you got a spirit in your room. Y'all not finna believe what she tells me. Y'all not finna believe it. You're not finna believe it. She says, I know. He's always here. He tries to get on me too. um, But I just call the name of Jehovah three times and he leaves. So we both knew. We both knew that whatever we were doing not just welcomed but fostered an environment where a demonic present felt comfortable. And she had gotten to the point where even though she was afraid of it, she was comfortable within in inhabiting her space. She was not willing to give up what she liked so that she could be free. I have a million stories like that. And I'm telling you, once you get delivered, because you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness, you're probably going to be attacked some more. But you will get free. You do need to declare the the blood of Jesus over yourself. You do need to saturate yourself in prayer and praise and worship and um, scripture and all these things. Right? Get in community, get people to lay hands on you, love on you, all those things. But the enemy wants to sift you as wheat. The enemy wants to kill you. He don't want you to have those kids that you want to have. He don't want you to have the life, the ministry, the influence, the power He don't want you to have nothing that God has prepared for you. So he will try to sabotage you at every single turn. He'll try to scare you back into living in sin. Once you say you want to be delivered, once you say you want to be set free, once you denounce the once you denounce darkness and demonic oppression, once you denounce your agreement with those things, he will try to hold you captive by way of fear. Last story. I got out of a lifestyle of sin. I think this was 20... This had to be around 2011, maybe 2012. I moved out of my apartment. Lost some friends. Stopped getting high. Stopped drinking. Started going to church again. Rededicated my life to Christ. Kelly and I started building our relationship on God. Changing the things that we did. Um, Because we both our relationship made us desire God more but the enemy like really still wanted to keep us bound in sin. So we did drugs together. We we had sex. um, We were kind of just we liked being together and When you're in love, uh, like your partner's vices can have this way of attaching to you too. And you'll create trauma bonds and you'll think it's okay. And it's not until light invades your heart that you realize what things are seeds, what things are sin, what things are keeping you bound. And so we were coming into this awakening. We got baptized, we rededicated, we joined the prayer team, like just on fire for God. And I will never forget when I came back to my dad's house, I was being attacked nightly. And one night it got so bad. Now I'm 22, 23 at this point, that I had to go in my dad's room and I say, Dad, I have to sleep in the bed with you because this is the only place that I feel safe. I keep being attacked. And I felt like a kid, you know, but his room was filled with the presence of God and I had peace. And the next morning he printed Philippians 416. He put it on my dresser in my room at his house and he prayed over me. And I never got visited again until I started smoking weed again. (laughs) Yep, when that happened, that's when things got invited back. And I just want to let you know. (laughs) Can mommy have? Thank you, sweet baby. Somebody got into my lipstick. Okay, come on, let's go inside. It was after that happened that I realized, okay, I have to wake up. Like I, I, I can't keep doing this to myself. I can't keep getting free and then welcoming back the very thing that has tried to destroy me. Um, if you have to constantly try to make concessions for your habits and the things that you do, stop. Just stop. It's killing you. It's killing you spiritually. It's keeping you from living a full life. And Jesus died to give you that. If you're listening to this, you've probably had these kind of encounters. You might not have known automatically that it was a spiritual attack, so to speak, but you knew that it made you scared. Look at the devil. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay.